1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
0: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all
1: to hear.
2: Tis the podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia.
1: I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom.
2: Hey guys, we're back for another week.
1: We're back. I feel like it's been a while since we've talked to you.
2: Yeah, it was one of those weeks that kind of drug on to me. Did it to you too?
1: Yeah, I needed this. I really did. I don't know. what. Well,
2: I mean, going. I need a little Christmas, right?
0: Me
1: too, especially I, I since it's it. 77 yeah. degrees here. So mm. it was I'm, a
2: beautiful spring day here, but I still need a little Christmas.
1: Well, I I'm always hello,
0: Christmas. I'm glad you mentioned the temperature because I started a discussion on our subreddit this week about how people stay in the Christmas spirit during the hot months. So we'll hit on that a little later and see if we get some good ideas from our fellow redditors. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited. Gonna,
2: well, I know a great way to get Christmas spirit back in our back in our everyday life, at least for tonight. And it's going to be the movie we're going to talk about. This particular movie was suggested to us by a tried and true faithful listener and Redditor, Disco54. And it is 2014's TLC made for TV movie, The Secret Santa. Anthony, do you want to go ahead and give us a plot synopsis?
1: Sure. When a dozen snowmen mysteriously appear in the backyard of an unsuspecting Phoenix family, a journalist reporting on human interest stories finds herself headed down a rabbit hole that leads down more winding roads than she anticipated to get to the source of the Christmas miracle. Good one. But did can you write I just, that one, Tom?
0: I did. I couldn't find any good ones.
2: So let's talk about that couldn't find any good ones thing. Before we get to the credits and all of that, can I just real quick, and we might just go ahead and hit our histories right now. Can I ask you what your first impression was when trying to find this movie? Because for one, for listeners, if for some reason you were not able to find it in the last week prior to listening, we ended up only finding it on Amazon um, to buy. My first impressions are not great, not super great. Were y'all the same way?
0: Same. So I did not have high hopes for it. I'll be honest.
2: Neither. Well, so it's bundled on Amazon into this TLC pres- – and we're not talking about, like, high-quality television. Like, some of the episodes are baby bodybuilders.
1: Yeah, well, the funny, thing, lover. the funny thing is I accidentally clicked on the episode beneath it, so now I own a random episode of TLC Presents besides the Secret Santa. Was
2: it the man with the 80-pound groin?
1: I didn't watch it. I- oh. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, some
2: of these episodes were – I don't understand after watching this movie how it is in the middle of all of these, unless it was just thrown in there because it's the one bucket.
1: Well, are these all, all fake these. documentaries? Because I, the only little bit of history I could find in this movie was TLC does a lot of fake documentaries that like people got a little sick and tired of and then did yeah. this one. I don't well, because it
2: used to be the Learning Channel.
1: It no. did, but no, definitely not anymore,
0: <laughs> guys. All of those—the Learning Channel, the History Channel—all of those have just gone by the wayside and, and forgotten their namesake. MTV. None of them have to do with their original purpose. That's my yeah. old man rant. I used to be able to turn on these shows, <laughs> these channels, and learn something or listen to music or watch music videos, or and now it's just <laughs> all stupid reality TV.
1: You mean you don't <laughs> like Snooky in the situation?
0: Oh, you know, I'm not sad that I'm not going to Jersey next
1: week. <laughs> uh, they're in Miami now, Tom. They are.
2: Oh, they've relocated. That's gross,
1: too. <laughs> well, at least his situation's going to jail, so he probably deserves it for whatever he did. Tax evasion. The US government sued <laughs>
0: him. Wow, that's like, that's like legit, man. I'm also a little disappointed that you know that.
1: I only know it because <laughs> Sadly, I know too many people who watch this show, including my wife. No. And she had it on and she had it on in the background. And all I heard was the US. I did not enjoy it. (laughs) Oh, oh,
0: and the truth comes out. Oh, the best. Sarah. Sarah's just out at (laughs) Anthony. This may be my single favorite
1: is the podcast
0: moment we've ever had, guys. I
1: left it on for you because I thought you were coming back into the room. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. For you for you listeners out there
0: who can't see this, Anthony is beat, beat red right now and covering his face.
2: <laughs> I feel like this could be an episode of TLC Presents. Man realizes actually does like Jersey.
1: Oh, God. Anyway.
2: So back to the secret Santa. <laughs> um, let's blow through the rest of our history. So mine was finding it on Amazon and watching it just a few days ago. Um, Tom, were you kind of the same?
0: Mine was Julia telling me to find it on Amazon. Um, it looked absolutely everywhere and could not find this film, uh, which Man. did not bode well for my expectations.
1: Absolutely the same. Couldn't find it anywhere. Tried uh, savory and unsavory methods. Couldn't find it. And then Julie found it on Amazon. And I was like, okay. I was a little hesitant to buy it because I had very low expectations for it, given the channel it aired on, given the fact that there's not a lot of information on this movie on the web anywhere but then i figured eh, it's only three dollars i did extend
0: a little more grace to it because it was a recommendation from disco 54 and you know uh i've engaged with him a lot on our subreddit and he's a pretty solid guy so i thought hey if disco 54 likes it i'm gonna give it a chance
1: unfortunately disco 54 you disappointed me again no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs)
2: um Yeah, I did the same thing, Tom. I was like, "Oh boy, no part of me wants to do this because all the signs are saying no." But there's that one glimmering hope that this will be redeemable, and it was for me. I'm going to come right out and say it.
0: (laughs) You guys remember enjoy this movie? Do you guys remember a couple years ago when there was that big? I think it was the Discovery Channel. That big? Oh, we found we have unearthed a mermaid, and they were, you know doing this huge build up to the mermaid documentary they like had some skeletal mermaid um no was oh. this
1: before or after their like 500th bigfoot documentary
0: <laughs> i don't know but this was like supposed to be a legit mermaid and they made this documentary that was supposed to you know look good and it, when it, when it came out it it of course you know um i saw the news really afterwards. it was pretty much yeah it was it was like a carnival sideshow same director Same director.
2: Same director as this movie right here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, glory be. Okay.
0: My expectation, I had found that out before when I was trying to research this movie. My expectations were pretty darn low.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, so let's get into the credits. Um, First off, to be expected, it's a TLC movie. So there are not going to be some major names here. They're probably all TLC, well, like Tom said, affiliated people. So. We have um, director, nothing much of note for Jeffrey Medeja, written by Charlie Foley and Vebhav Bot, which I'm probably butchering that name. I apologize. Um, who did Cannibal in the Jungle and Mermaids: The Body Found in New Evidence?
0: I guess that's a documentary, Tom. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I think that's the same documentary. I think it is.
2: Oh boy. Um, are pretty small casts, really, of kind of the main people. You have Christy Bonstall is Nancy Cameron, who's the reporter, who you know her as a reporter. She has history with Second City. Um, she does not play a funny role in this movie, but she's lovely and she does well. Um, Ronald Connor is a detective. You might know him. Remember the Titans in Chicago PD. Um, John Hoogenacker, which is a pretty great name, <laughs> plays Neil Dickinson, which is in the upcoming Jack Ryan TV show. Is that the one with
1: Jim, Jim.
0: from the office? Yes, yeah. John Krasinski's oh. new one. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited about that. Me, I, gotta say. Me I love the Jack too. Ryan series
2: and I love him. So, yeah, together might work for me. Um, also in Chicago Fire, and then John Lister plays Lucas A. Nast, um, who nothing to note, but we have to note him because he's kind of important in the movie, just a little bit. You know in a few ways. Um, so before we get into the episode, just overall speaking, it is like Tom said in the plot synopsis, it's, a, it's staged like a real crime in a, or a, a mystery movie where this one reporter kind of takes these breadcrumb trail to figure out who this one guy is who did this one thing, right? And then it just kind of spins out of control into these other situations, um, so we're going to do this situation by situation because this movie is kind of broken out into these little magical moments. Oh, I'm saying situation a lot.
1: It's just making me think of Anthony. <laughs> Are you going to no. leave that in?
2: What? All the stuff with Sarah? Yeah. And you bet your sweet Biffy I am.
1: Before we take it um, <laughs> scenario by scenario, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Can we just give our overall impressions, I guess, of the film before we get into it?
2: Yeah, let's do that. So how about you start? Overall impression of the movie.
1: So like I said, I wasn't expecting much, even though Disco 54 is awesome, Uh, just given everything else against this movie. But I really enjoyed it. Best $3 I spent in a while. (laughs) I teared up a few times, honestly, because of how sweet it was it was overly sweet but that's what i'm looking for in a christmas movie honestly it gave me christmas feels and i haven't been this excited about a movie since the end of last year so
2: wow that's a long time
1: yeah well, i guess so so yeah i'm really excited to talk about it i do have two small problems with it two tiny problems with it that will probably affect my score a little bit but we'll get into that at some point
0: i liked it um i didn't get the as we were talking on slack this week Uh, Julia and Anthony both talked about being really emotional and tearing up. I couldn't get past the faux documentary and feeling like I was being lied to, to allow, to get any, to have any emotional attachment to it. But it was fun. Did you feel like the office is lying to you? No, not at all. (laughs) I believe everything that happened on that show. (laughs)
2: I am. Um, I really, really loved this movie, surprisingly so. Yeah, I feel like the flip from what I was expecting starting it to how it ended up at the end was radical for me. Um, and it gave me more Christmas feels than I've had since we packed up our Christmas tree. I cried four times in this movie. And whether it's because they were pushing the right cry button, which they were punching – the cry but I mean so I, I can be in a certain state of mind typically with holiday movies where that's fine um I'm okay with that so where other movies might falter under the heavy sentimentality this one didn't bother me even though I knew exactly what they were
1: doing <laughs> okay least. so so that was I'll just say right now my big one of my <laughs> small problems with the film and I think Tom mentioned on slack he shares the same problem lucas no it's not a problem but you know they make it this big mystery who is lucas a nast and in the end it turns out to be an anagram for santa claus and Mm -hmm. i saw it the minute the name was out there and yeah the the moment
0: they wrote it it just my brain automatically put it to santa claus
1: yeah and that that kind of irks me a bit i mean like i said it's a tiny problem uh Mm -hmm. i'm a little disappointed santa didn't put enough effort into his anagram like Lord Voldemort did but I'll get over it (laughs) Uh,
0: Lord Voldemort did a really good anagram
1: yeah yeah I like to picture how long he sat in his Slytherin common room coming up with that like just notebooks upon notebooks filled with his name
0: (laughs) but to be completely fair we can't expect TLC to be JK Rowling
2: (laughs) No. Oh, man,
1: I would love if she wrote a Christmas movie.
2: That would be magical. That
1: would that be
0: would pretty be. darn amazing.
2: But, you know, for what it is, I, and maybe that's why, maybe it's because I sat back and I enjoyed the ride instead of wanting my brain to drive the action. You know, I didn't feel the compulsion to try and figure out what was coming next. It was nice. It was I. It was a wash over me movie. And I feel like the holidays are perfect for that. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I just really enjoyed it. I loved the music. Like, I can't say that
2: it's memorable, but it set the scene. The little Carol, well. the
1: bells bit they kept using like during the dramatic moments, I really liked.
2: So we have these kind of different stories within the bigger story as this, detect, as this reporter is trying to seek out the truth. So our first one, it opens up with the snowmen. So they're in Phoenix and this family wakes up and Christmas morning, their backyard is full of snow and snowmen. And- First thing I thought of was Calvin and Hobbes and the killer snowman, but, <laughs> <that's> just, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was magical. Uh, I did think it was funny and pretty great that the mom was genuinely freaked out by it. She's like, uh, first off, I want to know who did it. And second off, like, what the heck man <laughs> kidding in our yard and filling it with snowmen? I thought that was funny. Um, but the parents are perplexed. The kids are thrilled to death because I mean, who wouldn't love that on Christmas morning? And Especially had- somewhere like
1: Phoenix where they've probably never seen snow before. They haven't seen snow or snowmen exactly. before. Exactly.
2: And they had some cool bird's eye view shots where they were literally the only yard that doesn't have green grass because it's all covered in snow. So pretty cool. Um, I mean, I would enjoy waking up to that Christmas morning. I Me I mean, too. for Texas, that's essentially what it would be like.
1: That's what I was thinking. So compared to the other plots, I feel like each story – as it goes along, gets kind of better and better in my book. Like this one was like, oh, it's cute, but it didn't like affect me like the stories to come do.
2: Yes. Same here. And it's the first one you get. So I think I was kind of still holding some of that. Oh, I really hope this <laughs> gets better. Um, anything else to discuss about the snowman story?
1: I don't think there was really much there.
0: Okay. Was, I thought it was kind of cool the way they built this story because the reporter, like we said in the plot synopsis is a human interest reporter and this was something that would that I could see on local news. If somebody did this around here, I would see it on the local news. Um, so I like the fact that they they did something believable to get us started. You know,
1: mm-hmm. well, sands
0: yeah, the, the whole delivering a bunch of snow and, and a dozen snowmen in somebody's backyard in the middle of the night without them knowing. That's how. But then again, that's how we knew it was magic to begin with. You know,
2: right. Yeah. So the second one, the second story is the first one that got me crying. Um, I love this one. It opens up the part of the story um, that recurs in multiple of the ones to come, and it's the whole Letters to Santa program, which, by the way, how badly do you want to be part of that? That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love that. Um, So they have a Letters to Santa program where it's a group of friends. They get together, and they answer these Letters to Santa that come into the post office, and one of the ladies that works there, her name's Margaret Burke. She had this angel when she was a child. Um, it's this beautiful flashback. I really enjoyed the flashback. It's very 70s and dated, and it has kind of that sepia tone. I thought it was lovely. It's her and her mom, and they're decorating the tree, and the angel gets chipped at some point and then mended again. And so she, she talks about how Lucas gave her this angel. And it wasn't just an angel exactly like the one she had. It was literally the one she had that she thought she'd lost because you could see the chip in the
1: back. So I loved this story. And yeah, this one, I teared up during this one. Yeah, so Margaret had one of my favorite quotes in the movie and it's when she's describing the angel. She was upset that it was broken, but her mother had told her, I think, that it's not broken, it's unique. And I really think that's a nice way to look at that. It you is. Know, with older Christmas ornaments that may get chipped as years go by and everything. I'd like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, she was a cool addition
0: to the story because she kind of, she let us know who was probably behind this and, and really gave the reporter her first lead.
2: Yeah, and you'll notice that with each of kind of the key characters in each of the many stories, they always echo, I never told anybody that. You know, this is never something I told anybody. So I don't know how he found that out or, you know, was able to deliver on that. So the magic starts right away. Um, this one really kind of drove home that I'm going to like this movie, this moment here. And it's what, 15 minutes in or something mm-hmm. like that? This yeah. is one of my favorite stories.
0: I really feel like at this point it went from a typical made-for-TV movie and like I actually respected it in its own right as a as a piece of entertainment. One of the things we talked about, Anthony disses on – Oh, my God. I just said disses. I'm going to redo that. Um, <laughs> You don't Ant- get do overs if my Jersey Shore thing's gonna be in here. <laughs> okay, let's keep that. Let's keep that whole bit right there, or at least put it in the blooper reel.
1: Um,
0: Anthony, you know, has has words about uh, Hallmark movies, and that's really kind of what I was expecting. But this really set it apart. This was not formula. It's it's none of this movie is formulaic. I hadn't seen anything like this in a Christmas movie before, and it was. This is really where I, I'm with Julia on this. This is really where I began to 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 look at this movie as as something on its own and, and give it real consideration.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's This is the moment, too, for me. But it's interesting you brought up Hallmark, Tom, because uh, I was thinking that when I was watching it. I was like, man, I wish... And there are good Hallmark movies out there, but I wish they were all kind of this quality, like all of them are this unique and this well-made and this, you know, packed this much... Uh, sentiment into it that gets to me like genuinely mm. gets to me like this they can't Movie all be does.
0: pete's christmas
1: <laughs> thank god for that
2: <laughs> okay so from the angel tree topper story we move on to the reindeer story um this is is it in maine
0: I maine takes place portland in maine.
2: maine portland maine um Girl wakes up Christmas morning and what's there, but real live reindeer in her backyard. Real live, beautiful reindeer. I love, I, I got a thing for reindeer. I think they're so. Me
1: two, Me three. I
2: love them.
0: They're love my favorite so animals. My favorite animal.
2: Oh, of all t- would that be your Patronus?
0: Uh, it would be my Patronus for sure.
2: What would your Patronus be, Anthony? Like you've probably done the tests and all that, but I don't know. If you had a favorite animal, what would your Patronus be?
1: I mean, I'm boring. I don't like any unique animal. I love dogs. I love dogs. Always oh. have.
0: Now, on the actual okay. test, my Patronus came back as a... I did it twice. Yeah. Once it was a Rottweiler, once it was a Badger, and I didn't love either of those. Oh.
1: Mine was a bay mare horse. Um,
0: I was a horse, too.
1: Nice!
2: Yeah. What I wish that? I was a rat, though. What if if a if naked was, mole what if you rat. Have a naked mole rat as your patronus. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. With those big teeth <laughs> right there in the front. No oh. joke.
0: I have a uh, uh, a slack I'm a part of with some people uh, who are part of my old team at Compose, and the subject for one of the uh, uh, rooms we have is yeah. to discover if Tom is really a naked mole rat. <laughs> <laughs> <It's all right. laughs>
2: So for the reindeer story, this kind of ranks along with this note. This wasn't my favorite one. I mean, I love the reindeer and it would be magical to wake up and see reindeer in your backyard. Um, I loved the meteorites, the the highly active meteorites that morning, which that kind of takes us into the next one. But what did y'all feel about the reindeer
1: story? I agree. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I... I, um... I'll say my favorite part of this one. I loved when the detective came to the house to just kind of like, you know, we're getting a lot of, you know, calls that don't pan out because it's the holidays. People are, you know, seeing things, yeah, they're partying a little bit, whatever his excuse was. He had an excuse for saying, for saying why people are seeing things. They're close to Canada. He assumed like, they're close to the border. He assumed maybe something wandered down from there. Anyways, he goes to the house to check it out. He sees the hoof prints in the backyard so he starts following them, and then about 100 meters in the house, in the snow, they just disappear, mm-hmm. implying, of course, that the reindeer took off into the air, which I loved. I loved that yeah. reveal. Yep.
0: yep. Is this where he got arrested, or was that later? Later.
1: But a warrant goes out for him here for yes. transporting it was, it was these animals. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's which, right. Which really made me angry. Um, whoever, if anybody wants to transport reindeer to a happy place and keeping them safe and healthy, there <laughs> should be no law against this.
1: <laughs>
0: i feel like we just entered into some communist territory <laughs>
1: <laughs> well santa's a big man in red
2: <laughs> next story is the lucy story that's how we're gonna refer to it as this
1: one is my favorite i think <laughs> this, oh, this is, is the one that made me tear up the most
2: yep this one is great so we're kind of back with the Letters to Santa program, two members of the Letters to Santa program, Dennis and his wife. I didn't get his wife's name. For one, they're a sweet couple. Like, I like them both immediately. Um, And they've been in the Letters to Santa program for a while, and they have consistently um, given a gift to this one girl, Lucy, who's written a letter every year for years. Years and years she wrote a letter. She always asked for music. And so they would send her a CD. Every year, and they got such great joy out of it, and you could really tell. Well, the letters stop for a while, and they just assume she's grown up, and you know we hope she's doing well and all of that. So Lucas Nast is in this letters to Santa program with them. Does Lucy come up? Is that how it happens? While they're making all these things, Lucy
1: comes up. He tells um, the gentleman, what's his name? David Dennis, Dennis. Dennis. tells Lucas Nast's story. They bond over it. They both get a little emotional talking about it and then he says you know they have all these other letters to answer let's Mm -hmm. you know look at us sitting here tearing up we have letters to answer and then it must have stuck with lucas because Mm -hmm. christmas i don't know
0: christmas he
2: the uh, some carolers show up at dennis and his wife's house so they're standing out there enjoying the carolers and big reveal there's a woman there with them who says I'm Lucy. I just want to thank you so much for all of the music over the years and they're both crying and I'm crying and the dog is crying and it was just, it was extremely hard, mostly unknown actors. I mean, it felt genuine and heartfelt and it felt and like exactly how I would react if that had happened. Lucy was
0: really, really good at this point. Like, just her face. I think yeah. that, uh, for making a uh, documentary style, she was the most convincing part at this uh, during this scene she was the most convincing to me yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely you tell she was like nervous and excited at the same time and then yeah i loved it it was great acting yeah tlc managed to melt my cold cold heart
2: now
0: for some reason when they were discussing this and like she like they showed them rapping the cd i thought it would be really really funny if they had sent her like gangster rap or something really (laughs) some like metallica you know um (laughs) But that didn't happen. So I just thought it'd be funny if they were if we just see this this sweet little couple wrapping up an NWA album. (laughs) So maybe my
2: missed opportunity.
0: Maybe my sixth sense of humor is why I didn't get as emotional as you guys. (laughs) I was (laughs) laughing at myself at how funny that would be.
2: Did y'all notice that when they met Lucas that he gave him a candy cane?
0: Oh, no, I I missed that. When,
2: yeah, when they met in the group, they were talking about what a nice guy he was and all of that. But he always had candy canes in his pocket. You see him kind of slipping people candy canes randomly. <laughs> At the end, that's, that's partly what his possessions are, right? Some of his personal possessions, candy canes. Yep. <laughs> so I thought I, that was pretty charming. That's funny.
1: I'll say this about Lucas. I wish he had a better beard. I know that's that guy's real beard, but that's – like he had the stature of Santa, and when you see him in his suit at the end, he looked – the suit was nice, but the beard, it just threw the face off for me. I've been seeing me here.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like the high scruff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It threw yeah. me yeah. off.
2: It wasn't the nice – I don't know what different terms are for beards, I'm sure, Tom, and you know that. I don't. But like the high it threw me off a little bit
1: as yeah. well. Yeah, okay. Like I'm glad I wasn't the only here. one
2: a little bit it's like cheek hair yeah, yeah.
0: exactly exactly he yeah. was just shy of neck beard
2: yeah uh, yeah exactly.
1: a, reverse, a reverse neck beard um
2: <laughs> that's what it is
1: yeah that was my sec my second problem with this film was just oh i wish he had a better beard yeah but,
2: which i sort of i guess i get right they're trying to make him to where it's not super obvious is that it Does I don't you know, know. When like,
0: they sh- i don't know when they showed his picture <laughs> the first time it was – maybe it was just me, but it was pretty obvious who this dude is. <laughs> yeah.
1: And not one – this lady's a reporter, and I don't know. I feel like – I guess she's not an investigative reporter. She's public interest, but still, it took her a while to rearrange the letters in that name that she was staring at for a long time. But
2: then um, again, i mean, we're thinking – Thematic climax.
1: <laughs> if you're
0: thinking that, uh, you know, if, if we're thinking this is a legit true story, would you really believe this
1: guy Santa Claus? Yes, because Santa's oh.
0: real, Tom. I know, but this guy, this Please. guy, I mean, like, oh. Cheekbeard. Cheek Cheekbeard. Cheek Cheekbeard. How is Santa stepping away from the North Pole for this long and leaving the elves to their <laughs> own, <laughs> own ways? Their uh, own devices, yeah.
1: Scary Curtis thought. is probably screwing everything up at this point.
2: Oh, don't even bring that guy into the conversation. <laughs> okay. So definitely one of my favorite storylines. It's right up there to me with the angel. You say it's your favorite, Anthony, um, one of your favorites.
1: One of them. It's clo- the close with the next one too. Okay. Oh, the next so one.
2: Our, yeah. Our next storyline um, is the military mom returning home. Um. This one, I'm kind of glad they didn't just do the military mom returning home. Can I just say that straight up? I love that they pulled in um, another alter ego of Lucas A. Nast. Um, They brought in uh, Nick Mira. So in this situation, you know, it's still the same guy as the viewer, but the military mom that um, is coming home from being deployed, she has these two young boys she's trying to get home to, and... Her flight gets canceled uh, the night before that would have put her home prior to Christmas. Now she has to wait and not get home until Christmas Day. So she's made these promises to her sons, and it's breaking her heart to not fulfill them. Um, She sits around at the airport chatting with these guys that are there, and uh, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity comes up, and I'm actually flying in that direction tonight, and who wants to go, basically? And I love also that they decided to throw these other characters in the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, and for them to step up and say take her like no question her let her go her um because i think sacrifice in a holiday movie is important because that's i mean there's a linus moment right there we've got multiple of them Mm -hmm. in this movie
0: but we see we see see the good of humanity in general coming out at this time of year which is just you're absolutely right it's it's necessary and it added so much of the storyline that not a single one of these people this is christmas eve Everybody wants to be with their family, but not a single person even questioned whether mm-hmm. this military mom should be with her kid or not. What I liked about this storyline, I'm really glad they explained that uh, Nicholas was the Bishop of Myra and Lykea. And they also, yeah.
1: I knew um, you'd love that Tom. Properly attributed,
0: watching. properly attributed him to being a, to being in present from present day Turkey. Oh, it warned, as yeah, everyone, so- once they said Myra, I'm like, Ooh, I am I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So what's so funny is when I heard that, I was like, this could go really bad if they get it wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was thinking about too. I was like, this is going to either go really good for Tom or really bad for Tom. <laughs> they get so good with it though. So, so besides the sweet moments in here with the goodness of humanity and everything, I loved how when the plane has a close call with his plane, uh, they capture video footage of it. And when you pause at, right, at just the right moment, well, it looks like this streak of light, but when you pause at this just right moment, you see the outline of the reindeer and the sleigh. That mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, really fun. Was fun. It was a clever way of doing it. And I love that she didn't remember it either. She said she slept the whole time. And yep. that, made, that made me think of the Santa Claus as well. He had the Sandman put them to sleep when he brought them up to the North Pole. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because the reporter obviously wants to ask her. She's like, so you were in the plane. So like what? What mm-hmm. happened there? And she's like, I was exhausted. I hate that I didn't even stay awake to talk to this guy that did this super awesome thing for me, but I was just so tired. I was like, magic. Yep. And then I also loved that the um, the call sign for that plane,
1: for <laughs> quote, plane
2: was F-L-I-9-R-8-D-R. So fly 9 reindeer.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's
0: right. That oh, that just funny. made me laugh. Oh, I cracked <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. up. And, I mean, we've all been sucked into those eyewitness footage situations, haven't we? I think it's just kind of human nature to gravitate towards that stuff. So this was done well. I feel like this could have gone wrong. The whole up. idea
1: that Santa's literally traveling with speed of light, and that's how he gets mm-hmm. around the world at night. Like that, yeah. I, li- I like that. Yeah. And you, you see it later on, too, when you see more of that light, and it just goes really fast.
2: So we – we sort of mentioned when we were talking about the cast, this Neil Dickensy character. So he's an astronomer. She visits him fairly early on to talk about the meteorites that that had heavy frequency for Christmas. And he was like, really, there's not any explanation as to why there are more meteorites that night? There shouldn't be. Well, they bring him back here um, because they mentioned St. Elmo's fire and people often, you know, mistake uh or try to explain phenomena like that as as other things. Um, and he writes off, it's not St. Elmo's Fire and this was not Ball Lightning, which who else Googled Ball Lightning? Anybody?
0: Um, I knew about Ball Lightning because Christine and I saw it. it oh. In our backyard, something happened and our whole house just lit up. blindingly bright like hurt our eyes and uh when we were researching it and typing it in we found uh ball lightning which i had never heard of i had
2: neither until this movie i
0: got so excited when they talked about it (laughs) i'm like we have (laughs) that in our backyard
2: like a real thing too that made me happy
1: i was excited this one was this the one that took place in white plains at least part of it like uh that's where the people were seeing the meteorites I think so. Yeah, I think so. I remember
2: White Plains because I thought, oh, Bath and Body Works. That's
1: like five minutes away from where I live. So,
2: oh, does your town smell good all the time?
1: <laughs> it does smell good all the time. All right, I know we're not talking
0: about New York City now. <laughs> oh, <gosh.
2: laughs> ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay, so the military mom kind of transitions into the Northern Lights story, which brings our astronomer back. So we have this astronomer Neil Dickensy, and the Northern Lights. And um, he references this book called The Eskimo Glow, which by the way, that book does not exist. People have tried to find that book and there are multiple questions on the internets about where do I find this book? And people saying, this book is not real. (laughs) Uh, So backing up a little bit, what we end up finding out is that each of these magical instances were brought about by somebody requesting that of Santa, essentially, Mm -hmm. Um, through letter or just through request or whatever. So I think this is the moment where we really kind of get that nailed down when Neil says um, first of all you think he's a skeptic for most of the movie which I guess he is. Um, But in this instance he turns out had asked Santa to to bring him lights because his mom had died and his mom was, sounded like the Christmas carrier, right? She was the one that did all the things. And his dad had been depressed since he lost his mom. And so they hadn't really done the Christmas stuff. So he asked Santa to bring lights for Christmas. So he wakes up and outside of his room, not typical for the Northern Lights to be in his area, the sky is just awash with the Northern Lights. And that was his confirmation that Santa had done this thing for him that the northern lights were the lights he was asking for the most brilliant beautiful lights he could ever have asked for Um, and he references this book that his mom would read him where this eskimo gets lost and it's the northern lights that bring him home and i loved this it's a little blip it's not a very long story but it's i really liked this one it was really visually interesting
0: we should write that book guys we should write that book. The we illustrations should.
2: were gorgeous.
1: Yeah, they were. They
2: were all watercolory and just beautiful. The astronomer at this point starts following the reporter around uh, and kind of doing some of the hunting with her. And who else called that that's a romantic interest pretty yep. much immediately?
0: Oh, yep. totally. Yep. Totally. Yep.
2: Me too. I'm like, they're going to end up married. <laughs> 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 he's a great character, though. I mean, he's very likable and he's definitely – seeking the same way that she is even though he's pretty much already convinced
0: i thought his name just reminded me of uh, neil degrasse tyson or neil tyson degrasse that's all i could think, I think of the whole time I'm well like, they kept that's... saying and he was a physicist and he was a an astrophysicist and i'm like oh. yeah.
1: yeah it that's was probably funny. some kind of homage to it maybe they're, they're trying to get some credibility here
2: <laughs> so our reporter and our astronomer are together now uh, at least they're walking side by side they 're not together together yet um and it takes them to the police station story um, I love
1: this one just because this one was very funny to me oh it was it was good for comedic. although
2: yeah, although at the beginning I'm like, oh boy, this is so cheesy uh you see see so you realize that santa has been San, a Santa has been arrested for breaking and entering, which also made me laugh it's a little Santa Claus, yeah. Thing. So he's in, he's in the interview room and they're trying to play good cop, bad cop. And they're pretty funny about it. And it really is like a cop show. Oh, know, is it? A cop show.
1: The two cops are your stereotypical, like what you would see in any buddy cop comedy.
2: They end up grilling Santa. Or the one cop ends up grilling Santa on the contents of one of the packages that it appears he possibly may have stolen. And by basically asking, well, what's inside of it? Because if he stole it, he wouldn't know what's inside of it. And of course, he knew what was inside of it. And those were like the few things where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I feel like this could have been a little better. But I ended up really loving this.
0: Like if he had identified himself as, who is you? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting i was that whole scene i was waiting for some sort of throwback to that it was a perfectly missed opportunity that that. would have been great
2: (laughs) so as in true santa fashion santa ends up obviously answering every question that they had of him perfectly in a way that they could have no question that this guy was not up to you know he was clearly up to good he was not up to no good and it ends up being very charming. They leave the room, and I guess he ends up being released. And when they come back into the room, the he Lego set s- that was in the box is now the police station.
1: Perfect, <laughs> to, scale. The police
2: station. Perfect,
1: Perfect to scale. Perfect to scale. And they don't know how he could get the roof right because you can't see it from the street. And, oh, right. I loved it. And well, and he's, so he's, then they have that light bulb moment.
0: They said so, those <gasps> parts weren't in the box. Like, Yeah, where did he get the parts? So
2: they rush up to the roof because they're like, how could he, wait a second, are you thinking it? I'm thinking it. Are you thinking it? It's like that moment. You can see it between their eyes and they run up to the roof and they've got their phone cameras on and they see footprints like human and then reindeer footprints on the roof. And then they hear this big clatter. What I love the most is their reaction to that. They start jumping around like baseball players. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is like the most glee you can have as a man I feel like when you're able to jump around like a baseball player who's just won the world series yes. they do that and they're like yeah and they're so excited about it and that one really turned around for me I was not expecting that like at all
0: it wasn't one and- of my, it wasn't one of my favorites but again it added some it added a nice bit of comedy that I needed right here
1: mm-hmm. and there was a sweet moment too because he left the gifts behind for their toy drive
0: yes they were they were running low on donations. They weren't gonna have enough for their annual toy drive. And Nick Myra left all of these toys.
1: Mm-hmm. And in the Still future
0: him. they named the toy drive after him, right? Or was it Lucas Nast? It was Lucas Nast, I think. Because it yeah. became the Lucas Nast toy drive, and that's how the reporter found this story.
1: Oh, it was so, so awesome.
2: when yeah. So when she shows up initially, before she gets the whole story of him being arrested and all of that, when she shows up initially, she says You know, I'm looking for more information about this guy. And they're like, okay, what's your name? And she gives them her name and these cops get this look on their face. Uh Like, that's really interesting. And then they kind of pull back, you know, the director pulls back from that part and they go into the Santa story. So then we circle back around and they explain the reason why they looked at her like that is because along with his bag of toys that he left behind, he left behind a letter. And this was a year ago, by the way, left behind a letter for her.
1: I love so, this so much. This was then really you have that moment, really cool you see
2: in her face. Yeah, too that she's like a year ago me said so the letter. And then
1: she drops the letter and walks off, walks out like overwhelmed, which I thought was a really good bit of acting.
2: Yes. Like that really that was
1: probably her best bit of acting. Like she was a good actor, but that was probably her best bit of acting in the film. So Be-
2: inside the letter <laughs> was Santa writing back to Nancy saying, "You asked me to bring you pictures of your parents or to bring back moments of you with your parents. And so what was inside the letter was a picture of her at a department store with a department store Santa that was actually Lucas, by the way. And in her letter she'd written, I know that wasn't the real Santa. So I'm writing the real Santa. Can you bring me, you know, pictures of my parents? Because they died and and she didn't
1: have any pictures of them.
2: Right. So that was what was in the letter, was the picture of her with her parents with Santa, who is Lucas. And she returned the favor to him saying, if you do this for me, what did she say? I'll give you. I'll
1: make sure to get you something that you want. And then okay. she writes back in his letter, you promised if I returned your parents to you, you would give me something.
2: So it was something about, didn't he, he wanted her to be happy.
1: Was yeah. that essentially it? Yeah. I just wanted be-
2: you to be happy. And I mean, it turns out obviously she was. So like Anthony said, you kind of flash forward a bit in one of those kind of rolling shots where you see her clearly in the future with him around a Christmas tree, enjoying family and friends. You, they've got the whole confessional thing, the whole thing, right? Where you're, you're sitting there face to face with the different actors. And she echoes that sentiment.
1: I do, yeah. So I don't have the quote written down, but she has my favorite quote in the film. And I forget it off the top of my head. I bet you have it down, Julia.
2: Yeah, so my favorite quote in the movie is when she says, where there's goodness and kindness and love, that's where you'll find him.
1: Yes, I loved that. That was awesome. That was great
2: too. And it was a great way to tie it up.
1: You know what that quote reminded me of as well? Sorry. When, back to the Santa Claus, when he was proposing to Carol and he talks about, you say we're moving fast, but you knew Santa your whole life. Every time you were lonely or sad or afraid, Santa was there to come. It just kind of reminded me of that. I'm still um, kind of
0: creeped out by that line.
1: Because <laughs> you now she's you like marrying
2: you, the guy that was knew, watching her.
1: I watched you when you were a little kid. <laughs> At least you didn't sing about, uh you know, give me a kiss on my cheek and sit on my lap and I'll give you a toy. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy, can vast. that just be can I just do this, the part that, the, one of those
0: things that we never mention again? Was <laughs> so woefully inappropriate. <laughs>
2: cool. So, does this movie pass the Linus test?
0: on so many levels and every way possible. Yes. More more so than anything we've watched in a while.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Very much so. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's so many Christmas feels. I mean, I, this one I felt like I still had my garland up on my fireplace and I felt like I should have it should have been much colder outside. It was just it was so Christmassy.
1: I wish I watched it around Christmas, but when Disco 54 initially Recommended it. I was like, oh, none of us have seen it. It'll be cool to wait and then get the yeah. first reaction before the episode. Yeah, Which i did but yeah, we'll, it, uh,
2: we'll have to add it to our new.
0: It will be Christmas on my watch list. It will be on my Christmas canon moving
1: forward. Me too mine too. But so I watched it twice for this. So the second time, I don't know. I think I watched it back to back too soon like i don't think it's i'll watch it every year but i don't think it's one i can watch repeatedly every year like national lampoon or elf or something
2: like a one solid watching
1: one solid watching every year yeah so it's fresh yes and it it has all the christmas feels everything i want in a christmas movie it just doesn't have that uh I need to watch it a million times every time it's on TV feeling that National Boone right. and Elf and the Santa Claus all have for me.
2: Right. I understand. I could see that. There are some movies that are best the first time you watch them. Like that's how The Usual Suspects was for me. The first time I watched The Usual Suspects. I mean, you can't duplicate that experience again ever. You right. can still love the movie, but that first experience is like nothing else. So I wonder, this one will probably rec- be probably the same for me when I watch it again, but I really... Really like this movie. <laughs> I yeah.
0: Really like this movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't, like I said, it didn't get all the uh, emotional aspect for me, but I will watch it again. It was good. It's a good movie.
2: Okay, let's rank this sucker.
0: Julia, you no. let us off on everything else. What do you give this movie?
2: I'm going to give this movie a 7.99.
1: Anthony. I'm going to give it an 8.8. Wow,
2: that's very nice.
0: I looked at, I want to put it just a little bit below Love Actually and Family Man, so I'm going with an 8.2, which gives us a grand total of 8.33. Wow, guys. It means it comes in
1: at number six in between Home Alone and Love Actually. Oh, I
0: like that spot. I do too. Um, I'm pretty impressed that it ended up that high, guys.
1: Yeah, I am too. So we have a Hallmark original movie in our top five, and a TLC original movie just outside of the top five. Like, I would never have guessed that starting this podcast.
2: Me either.
1: No, yeah, I wouldn't have either. Try.
0: Wow, our list is getting surprises. surprising to me. I would have expected something to come in higher than Krampus, but I really didn't think Loving actually was going to get bumped that that early. Thanks, Disco
1: wow. Fifty Four. Yes, thank you. What
2: an awesome recommendation.
1: I'll say this to Disco 54, I think out of all the movies that were new to me this year, new to me since starting the podcast, that was probably my favorite one. So thanks. I loved it. That's your favorite one? Watch it. That's your favorite one, Anthony? Out of all the new movies I hadn't seen.
0: So that was better than The Star and Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas for you?
1: (laughs) I mean, it was hard ranking it, Tom, but you know what? In the end... Had to go with my gut feeling. Maybe when we view our own personal top 10s of the year show, who knows what could show up? Cameron may top spot. Who knows? I feel pretty confident. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, thanks again, Disco54, for your super awesome recommendation. For those out there that have other recommendations, then throw them at us because clearly we love the inspiration and there are definitely more gems to be found, I would bet. Um, if you are, there are also interested- some
1: duds to be found, just,
2: yeah, maybe don't give us the duds for a while. Cause we've had a real bad run lately. Uh, <laughs> we need think- more inspiration.
0: We've got some more coming guys.
2: Well, uh, well, we have all good stuff on our Patreon. I can tell you that right now. No duds there. Um, if you are interested in a small donation, a dollar a month gets you access to our Patreon page in our Patreon content. Right now, our newest episode is where we discuss the movie Clue. Very non-Christmas, but very exciting, especially since it was Tom's first viewing of the film. So if you're a Clue junkie or if you're new to the world of Clue, um, check it out. It's some pretty cool stuff. Plus, we have our entire... Unedited version of the Office Christmas episodes episode, and Hocus Pocus as well. So we have cool new stuff coming up. We are planning all of that out, and we're pretty excited about it. So you should be excited about it too. Um, Tom, there's other ways they can support, though, right?
0: They can. We've got some free free ways, guys. Just like and review us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Join our subreddit. All of these are linked to from our website. Tis the podcast. Dot com, uh, and tell your friends. Help us share the Christmas spirit, keeping it alive 365 days a year
1: with more people. So, next week, we are covering 2017's Christmas comedy, A Bad Mom's Christmas, starring miley kunis Kristen Bell, and Katherine Hahn. Do your homework and watch it, guys. Not with your kids, though, if you have any kids. <laughs>
0: Oh, for the love of God, not with children.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Tom, did you want to talk about some conversation we had on Reddit this week? I did.
0: All right. So on Reddit, we had a little conversation going today. I uh, was bemoaning the temperature rising here in Oklahoma and was wondering what people do to keep the Christmas spirit alive during the hot months. Uh, that Revit guy chimed in. I didn't know he was from Texas.
1: But, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't either. For some reason, I thought he was also from the UK. Cause I, I did too. <laughs>
0: but nope he's in texas and and as julia and i can attest uh to what he says there's really no good way to keep the christmas spirit alive with constant hundred plus degree days but he does make an effort to seek out things like christmas in july and he's continually telling his family there are only x more months until christmas which drives them crazy and of course now there's our podcast too so thanks for that kirkland p who is um i haven't interacted with on reddit before had a genius idea. Kirkland P. Once a, once a year will black out all the windows, crank the air conditioning to make it nice and cool, like needing a sweater inside, hang some lights. It's like a holiday, and he's, uh, Kirkland P. says, it's like a little holiday bubble. I make cookies and watch Christmas movies.
2: Oh, that sounds crazy. Doesn't that sound <laughs> amazing?
1: I'm yeah. one step ahead of the curb guys, because this year is the first day I put lights around the windows on the inside. Usually I just do the outside, and yeah. it took so long, and... I just didn't take them down, so they've just been off. But I can turn them on whenever. So okay. yeah. totally going to do That's it. That's <laughs> um, Also, you've never interacted with Kirkland P? I haven't. I've seen him on there, but i just never interacted.
0: He's a cool guy. Um, Disco 54 um, says that the weather's not that bad, but he hates uh, hot weather to permanently give him winter, which I could not agree with more. Um, <laughs> I like that Reliant K song always winter. I like the first half of it, but not the never Christmas. Anyway, he says he's toying with getting a Christmas tattoo, but it's taking some thought because he doesn't want to be cartoony or gimmicky. He wants it to be totally B.A.
1: Disco uh, 54. I've been toying with that, too, for a while.
0: He's looking at getting a Nordic-style reindeer. Oh, oh,
2: that's awesome. that, that would be
0: awesome.
2: Yeah, that would be he awesome. Says
0: he feels that reindeer don't get enough credit at Christmas, which I agree with, especially after visiting the reindeer farm with my daughter last year. It was one of the coolest yeah. experiences of my life. And then we got one more from a Viva gypsy lives in an area where all, where they have all four seasons and it can't feel like Christmas unless it's cold. Part of what makes it so special is that it's a short time every year. Um, the Viva gypsy gets some Christmas pangs about once a month, but smiles and tells him or herself that the anticipation will make it so much better once December 1st hits and then go outside to plant some new spring flowers, head out to the beach in the summer or go pick some pumpkins in the fall. I like your commitment to waiting. I don't have that ability for delayed gratification at all.
1: <laughs> it's so bad. She said.
2: <laughs> I think I'm probably most like vivid gypsy than I am anybody else because i'm kind of the same way i was like you know it's special because it's that one little area of my life and it's super special then like the kids want to move to orlando and live in the middle of disney world but i'm like if we did that then it would not be special because you'd see it literally every day and you'd get used to it
0: all but well, you guys need to come to our christmas in july pool party we're having this year nice Ooh, swimming pool with with Christmassy treats and christmas music
2: okay that's great that will be fun yeah that's great feedback all of that Awesome tips.
0: Yeah. And that was a fun conversation we got. Feel free to engage with us on Reddit. We really do look, at, look forward to hearing from you.
1: So I have some really exciting news that I'm looking forward to, guys. We have only 252 days until Christmas.
2: It's only 38 weeks.
1: It's getting super close.
2: It's just flying by.
1: It God, it's, is. It's over, we're over halfway through April.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: When think you think about anxiety. it, we only need to get through one-third more of the year before this, all the stores start doing the Christmas creep and little things start appearing on the shelves and everything. So I'm excited. So I don't
2: know if Hobby Lobby keeps it out all year or not, but I was in the scrapbook paper aisle, which I'm not in very often, and they have some Christmas scrapbook papers out, like a whole <sighs> section of them. Ooh. I lingered around the plaids for quite some time just enjoying myself and ah,
0: I am excited about that. We have a Christmas store you know in Tulsa.
2: Yes. Hollyberry.
0: Yes. And they have a yeah, new home. And a, a new bigger home.
1: We have a few in New York. If anyone's in New York, go visit Christmas in New York at Times Square or Christmas Cottage on um, Seventh Avenue. They're both awesome.
2: Alright, well y'all get your Christmas shopping done. It's only thirty eight weeks away. <laughs>
1: Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye.